Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel, Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Here's the 0 2 pitch. Yeah, there's the fastball way up and out of there, and there goes the bat. He breaks that bat. Of course, Bo is an entertainer. He shows his strength even with an artificial hip. That's Bo Jackson breaking a bat over his knee. Yeah, showing the strength, but also showing the frustration. How would you feel if you'd been struck out by Jim Deshays? You know? I, I don't know. As Jim Deshays joins us right now, on the uh, score hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. JD, I mean, is that an insult? Hi, hey, man. Is hi, that... uh, hi, buddy. So, 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 so you're going with the I can't believe this guy struck me out angle. Is this kind of where you're going with that? That's, that's supposed to be my line. <laughs> I know. It's like it's self deprecating is one thing, but host deprecating is just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perhaps no. not appropriate. Yeah. Let me apologize. No, but, but but no, but what it what it what it speaks to uh, is is the beauty of our sport that you know uh, a guy like me can compete <laughs> with like one of the greatest athletes that we've ever known. That's that's the beautiful thing about baseball. We come in all shapes and sizes and skill levels, and and uh, so you had this kind of middling left-hander out there past his prime, and I was able to sneak a high heater by uh, one of the greatest athletes of all time. You um, you struck out, in 1986, you struck out 10 in seven innings against the Cardinals. You didn't get above 86 miles an hour. And in the sporting news, uh, Whitey Herzog uh, was quoted. He was asked, um, is it because uh, Deshays was that good or because the Cardinals were that bad? And Whitey said, I'd rather not comment on that. Yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> the white rat. I think. I think they'd gotten me the, like the previous start. I think. If, I think one was at their place. One was in the Astrodome, and then I think they they got my number and one, and then I was able to get a little revenge the next time. And Whitey was not happy about it. What? Yeah, you know, you just uh, the uh, the other one. Uh, there's been many over the years. Um, I, th- I had a good game against the Giants out in Candlestick, and whoever wrote the game story uh, said my fastball couldn't dent a pad of butter. You know, it's a little like you get in the restaurant with a little butter on the thing and you, you swipe it onto the bread. Yeah, so. Well, well, if it's, if it's cold, like if they just took it out of the fridge. That's is... the way, yeah. I like to feel like it was a frozen pad of butter. <laughs> um, and yet, 
a pretty damn good career for Jim Deshays. So does that does that make you appreciate guys like Hendricks more? You know, we were just talking about Zach Greinke last uh, last segment because like I want I want the Reds to trade for Greinke. I have this image of Greinke and Votto as the old heads for that young batch of exciting Reds, uh, just because I I find them super fun. But it, it, your ability to get the most out of what you had must make you appreciate guys like Hendricks and others more. Yeah, well, even more so now, right? Because, you know, in my day, even though I was, I was not a hard thrower, I was a little closer to probably big league average velocity than, than a guy like Kyle is because guys are throwing, you know, average fastball velocity now is 94. I mean, that was that was top of the chart when I played. Um, so for Kyle to be able to go out and, and do what he does and has done for a long time now, uh, throwing, you know, 87, 88 miles per hour um, is, is really impressive. And it speaks to his, his pitch ability. And, and it's great that, you know, there's still a couple guys out there that can figure out a way to be very successful despite, you know, velocity not being part of their game. Um, our producer, Sean Sears, tells me I missed it, but he said you called a Hendrix changeup a styrofoam cup at one point. Is Can you yeah. confirm or deny? Yeah, yeah just, you know, that, that one, it just it never gets there. The hitter just is out on his front foot. You know, just, uh, just imagine throwing a styrofoam cup and having it, you know, float through the air. Um, how frustrating that would be to, to try to hit. Oh, I like that. Uh, that's an outstanding visual added to the Jim Deshaies lexicon. Um, so what got into Jamison Tyone on, on Friday night? That, that is a remarkable stat line. Uh, and, and, and as you watch, he obviously looked very, very under control. Did pitch mix change? Or was it the magic of being back in the place where he was good? What happened? I, I don't know. I don't know that if the pitch, pitch mix changed a whole lot. I, I think he uh, was really good use of of his secondary pitches. I think fastball command was better. Uh, I think there's some regression to the norm too, right? I mean, this is a guy who's been a good, solid major league pitcher, and he had a 6.39 ERA. So um, sooner or later, he, he was due to you know put some good starts together. Um, he, we've seen flashes of really good from from J Mo, and it just seems to me like there's you know one bad inning will blow up on him or sometimes sequencing, you know, it'll go five and two thirds, allow five hits and, and a walk and like six runs will score, you know, because they're able to string their hits together or some, somebody will pop one with a couple guys on base. So I think there's been a certain amount of, of bad luck in the mix. Um, you know, he obviously has not been, uh, uh, you know, pinpoint with his command and he's been hurt by that. Um, but, I, but I just think that, you know, he was, he was due for a good one. Um, his, his, he's been healthy. His stuff has looked good. It's just, he's made some mistakes and he hasn't gotten away with any. And, um, you know, and he, he did get away. There was some hard contact against him in that game the other night. Um, but, but he was due for some of those balls to be hit at people instead of, you know, sneaking through a hole somewhere. Uh, and hopefully, you know, it's, it's going to be a jumping off point for him. It's kind of, it's kind of too bad that we hit the all-star break right now because it's going to take everybody out of their routine a little bit. Um, but but hopefully that'll be a jumping off point for him. Yeah, you know it's it, it's interesting. Um, it, it, can a new team earnestly trying to do the very best thing it can for a new acquisition overload somebody and give them too much? Well, yeah, I think you know the challenge for the player is you always want to be open to suggestion and you always want to be willing to try new things. And you know the Cubs have a reputation of being really smart in terms of how they you know work the pitching lab and give guys fresh ideas. The other part too, in baseball, there's a, there's a herd mentality out there, man. If one guy has a, a lot of success throwing a sweeping slider, then everybody's going to try it. If somebody's, you know, somebody throws a cutter and, and is, is having a lot of success with it, everybody's going to want to try to jump on the bandwagon. Um, 
So that may, may that might be some of what has gone on with uh, Tyone. We saw with Stroman last year. You know, the, the thinking was that he would be even better if he threw some four-seam fastballs, and he tried it early, and it didn't work, and hmm. he reverted back to being a sinker slider Stroman, and then he was really good for the rest of the year. Um, and actually, he's, he's had some success with an elevated four-seam fastball this year. So, um, you know, change is not always good. Uh, being willing to change, I think, is, is, a, is an attribute all players should have. Um, and but and I'm not I'm not sure. I, you know, Jim was a smart guy. I don't know that they put too much on his plate, but I think um, sometimes we, we we tinker when we shouldn't. Man, just the, the the sport is so frustrating and maddening and fascinating. It's it's this one in golf, right? And like in terms of like getting in your head and yeah, you know, let me think about it. Let me be open to it. But my best choice may to be not do anything. It's hard to get yeah, there. Well, yeah, and the other part about guys like Jamal, he's always been a strike thrower, and he's pretty aggressive, and he, and he throws a lot of pitches. You know, that cover a good chunk of the plate. And if you think of a baseball season instead of like you know thirty-two individual starts, just a long, you know, the pitcher is going to you know have this season-long run of starts. Maybe it's a percentage play, right? Where if you just throw a lot of strikes, quality strikes, and, and mix in some breaking balls. At the end of the day, um, you're going to have success, but you might go through a period where you get knocked around pretty good, and then you're going to go through a stretch of starts. If you're not walking people and you're keeping it in the ballpark, ball and play luck is going to turn in your favor, and you're going to put together a run of really good starts. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a it's it's really fascinating to watch. It's such a results-driven business. So when a guy puts up really good numbers, we're always looking for that narrative. What did he do differently this time? And sometimes when you dig in on it, you go, yeah, he didn't do that much different. You know, it's, <laughs> velocity was the same. First pitch strike percentage was the same. Uh, you know, he threw his breaking ball about the, the same amount of time. Uh, but it just worked this time, and it didn't work last time. And sometimes it depends on who you're playing, too, what kind of lineup you're up against. Uh, Take a look at the guy's picture for the Yankees today. Two starts ago with a perfect game against Oakland, and his two starts leading into that, he gave up, I think, 17 runs and nine innings total, something like that. Yeah, and, and, he, and he hasn't been great since that either. No, yeah. So yeah. It's, and that's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, um, it, what, what has changed with Michael Fulmer, if anything? Because I got to tell you, every time he goes out there, the stuff just looks so damn good, and I feel like I hear some, um, some, some, you know, perhaps involuntary JD noises just coming out at Michael Fulmer's stuff every once in a while. Some oohs and ahs. <laughs> well, sometimes he, t- he t- turns loose that that big kind of sweeping slider. Yeah, uh, and, and it's like, ah, that's 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 an out pitch. <laughs> that's a real good pitch. <laughs> yeah, and it's unfortunate for him. He gave up the home run the other day, and it's the first time he'd really been back into the the, the heat of the, the high leverage situation. Um, hmm. but I feel like, I feel like he's, he's pitching with a lot of confidence right now. Hopefully that doesn't uh, set him back. Um, it's just for me, Spigs, it is so hard to lock in on bullpen guys. Um, you know, it, it's all over the map. Uh, they can be you know hot for a month and then go three or four outings where they can't get anybody out or, you know, one bad pitch ends up in the seats and, and, uh, shines a bright light on them and, and the other part about Michael, at least from the fans' perspective, the, fa- the fact that he struggled early, right? So now he has this kind of spotlight on him. And anytime he goes out there in a big situation and, and gives up damage, uh, people are going to freak out. And, and the important thing is that he doesn't freak out. Uh, and Tommy Hadovy and David Ross don't freak out. Um, I, I still think there's a, there's a lot of value there um, in, in Fulmer. 
you know, pitching in high leverage situations. A couple, a uh, couple moments more here with Jim Deshays uh, of the Marquee Sports Network. So, JD, I've come to the sad realization and admission, at least on my end, that the Brewers and the Reds are better than the Cubs. And I know that I could just look at the standings and I could see that, but there is, of course, all this talk of like, but the Cubs are better than the record, and I think they are. And you know, some things have gone wrong, but I. Maybe it's the fact that both of those teams seem to have that sort of magical mix of like young and fast and aggressive, cheap rookies and second year guys. And the Cubs just aren't quite ready to supply that mix. And if some of those guys were here, maybe it would feel a little different. But I end up feeling like the Brewers and the Reds are better. Do you believe it at this point? Uh, well, position player-wise, the Reds are really dynamic and athletic. It's sort of the, sort of the Brewers. I mean, they've got all kinds of team speed. They don't score. It's, it's interesting. The, the Brewers don't score enough. Um, uh, you know, and I don't know if we give Craig Council the, the credit or if we give the, the fickleness of baseball the credit. Uh, but they've outplayed performance, right? When you look at where they rank in the league in terms of run scored and all the offensive categories, not good. Pitching's been okay, but not great. Um, Reds don't pitch. They've got a team ERA of 491. So for yeah. me, yeah. it's really unsustainable what they're doing. They're on an unbelievable run. But it's kind of hard to, to be, uh, you know, second worst in the league in ERA and, and play winning baseball for, you know, another three months. Now, if they go out and improve their pitching or if internally the guys that they have there start to pitch better, then they've really got something. But as long as they, they struggle in the pitching department, uh, I, I think they're gettable. Um, but, yeah, I'm envious, too. They've got some talent. And this kid, De La Cruz, is, is off the charts. Yeah. I mean, we'd all, we'd all love to have a, a guy or two like him. I don't know if there's another one out there, but he's, he's, he's really special. Um, so, it's, you know, it's, it's tough. Uh, I get what you're saying, but I'm, 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 I'm still of the mind that this is a winnable division. Um, but there's a lot of work to be done between now and the end of the year. So we'll see, you know, and I don't know what Jed's going to do at the deadline. Um, you know, remains to be seen what happens here between now and, and the end of July. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he knows exactly what he's going to do. It's, it's, it's quite an interesting thing to have it come down to these, uh, these couple of weeks. And yeah, I think it is that position player mix that, that gets in my head when I start looking at a team and, and, and wanting to acknowledge who's better and, and who's worse. Um, Lance Lynn, and Zach Greinke will not cost the Reds much from their vaunted farm system, and they will feel like they're going for it uh, for Reds fans, and we'll see what happens. That's my prediction. At this is that point. The, those are the guys? Who, who else is? Uh, is there anybody else out there that's uh, Marcus Stroman? Gonna... You heard about Marcus Stroman? He's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. I've heard he's a, yeah, he's got a chance to opt out <laughs> out of a deal. Now that would be so, and that's the that's the challenge for Jed, right? I mean, um, yeah. Stroman's got this opt-out, um, so well, you know, do you, it doesn't look like there's an extension coming. So crazy, and he could probably get a real nice return, right? Yeah. And if the thinking all along was that 2024 was going to be the year, then that that maybe that's the way you go. You got to just got to sell it to those above you and the fans, and maybe yeah. go into that locker room yeah. and explain it to them too. It gets tricky. Um, all right, so look. I know it's a new Yankee Stadium, but you debuted at Yankee Stadium in 1984, um, throwing four scoreless innings against the White Sox before uh, getting roughed up a little bit in the fifth. As you sit in the booth up there, do you look down? Do you think about that at all, or is the place too different? No, I, I, no, it, it's 
you know, it was so long ago that I debuted there, and uh, it looks very similar to me in my mind's eye what the old Yankee Stadium looked like. Um, it's, you know, we call Wrigley the friendly confines. There's nothing friendly about Yankee Stadium. It is a coliseum, right, with the arches and the stonework and everything. It is a, it is a big, big ballpark. Um, you know, it's kind of it kind of hits you when you when you turn the corner and you look up. It's kind of like driving around and and, and seeing Mount Rushmore up there, cut into the side of the mountain. You think, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it brings back uh, memories of, of my time, a uh, brief time with the Yankees and. And getting called up and coming here and then the whole deal. I told the story the other day on the air that the cab driver was from Vietnam. And, you know, I'm looking up at the airplanes flying in and I'm doing the, the room in the big city routine. And he starts going on about bombs dropping in Vietnam. And it was just it was kind of a surreal experience. And then he didn't understand when I kept telling him I need to go to Yankee Stadium. He thought he thought I was telling him that I lived here. You know, because I had this big suitcase. And I said, no, no, I just I just need to go there. Get me there. Um, yeah, it was it's, it's a it's a unique place. It's an interesting. Nothing friendly about it. So, like, it looks gothic. Does it look gothic and kind of old and 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 daunting? No, 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 it's, no. I just think it looks impressive. I, I think it's just there's you know this, I, I'm not an architect, but I just you know we again Wrigley has this kind of vibe about it. It's friendly. This is more Roman Coliseum vibe, mm-hmm. big and, and, and kind of in your face, but it's beautiful. It's, yeah. Well, uh, Jim, enjoy yourself. Um, one for you on your way out the door. Do you know which member of the 3,000 hit club had the worst batting average? Of, of everybody who's got 3,000 hits, who had the worst career batting average? Oh, my word. I know, uh, I know right? Uh, Craig Biggio. Uh, not Biggio. No. Hmm. I, oh. I know it's, 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 uh, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. I, I guessed Pete Rose. I mean, it's got to be, as, as bad as it is, it's got to be, what, 280-ish? 276. Still not 276. bad. 276 yeah. is the career That's batting what, average. So this is a uh, somebody who, who just played a long time and amassed a lot of hits. Yep. Uh, a compiler. Boy, there's some deep analysis. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. Uh, you're right, though. Uh, it's a compiler who was allowed to play for a very long time. Here's your hint. He was allowed to play. Uh, no, it's good guess. Uh, he was allowed to play his defensive position. For a long time uh, as well. Then it pro- the first stacker. Uh, no, he, he, no, he shouldn't have been a shortstop probably at the end, and eventually he wasn't. They moved him over to third eventually. Um, huh. A-Rod let him move back to short in an all-star Ripken. game. Cal Ripken Jr. 276 yeah. uh, for Cal Ripken and Jr. Let me, let me state for the record that I was saying Cal before you gave me the all-star game. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just want to credit that. I get an extra point for that. It shall be noted. It shall be noted yeah. in the book. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Jim. He stinks. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's only yeah, a 276 that, career guy, hitter, man. Come on. What a joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stinker. Yeah. All right, man. Enjoy the broadcast, despite working with Boog, if he's there. All right, Speak. Okay. I'll try my best. Thanks, thanks Jim. Man. All right, buddy. Um, yeah, I took a shot at Boog Shambi on the way out. Absolutely. But I love Boog Shambi. Um, and I uh, love Jim Deshays. He's super fun. All right. He mentioned it. Let, let's hear the highlight from the most thrilling player in the game, shall we? And I want to talk statues with you a little bit later on this hour. Keep it here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel, Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Frankie Scalzo Jr. versus Jeremy Rivas. Two outs, the one-two. A swing and a miss, and it's history. A no-hitter for the South Bend Cubs. Their 10th in franchise history, 
and their fourth as a Chicago Cubs affiliate. Michael Arias, Jared Wright, Eduardo Nunez, and Frankie Scalzo Jr. combined for the no-no. So that game started by... Who started it? There was Michael Arias. Michael Arias. So four pitchers combined for the no-hitter for the South Bend Cubs. First one since August of 2021. That one was started by Alexander Vizcaino, who came over from uh, the Yankees at the deadline. But there they are, the South Bend Cubs. And the Cubs farm system continues to be very promising and offer fruits of goodness for the future. Not quite now. That's been one of the themes of the conversation today here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Got some phone lines open for you the rest of the hour if you are so inclined. 312-644-6767. And our guy Sean Sears, um, he loves the minor leagues. He loves the prospects. He is perusing everything always. There's usually highlights like that one available for me to play on the show to highlight some of the kids, um, Sean should probably do a podcast or a show here on the score about Cubs prospects if he doesn't already. Should probably be doing one. I'm actually going to be joining uh, Mike Rankin and uh, who is it? Uh, uh, James Fox and the Future Sox. Uh, their stream tonight to talk about the Cubs draft pick. There you go. So there you go. A little, little shameless plug. Because the MLB draft is here. Yes, sir. And so, yeah, you'll be talking Cubs draft with those guys as they talk Sox draft. I, I, I love it. So there you go. And the idea is, of course, that the farm system produces things that you can use at the big league level. Sure, they might be things you trade away, but things you can use at the big league level. And uh, the Reds, the team of envy, the team of the moment. It was the team of the moment. little Asia for anybody. Um, the Reds. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Have those young kids up and performing. Tie game yesterday. Seventh inning. 
for the Reds and the Brewers. T.J. Friedel is on base. Ellie De La Cruz, the do-everything, unbelievable prospect. This dude made a throw from third base the other day. Hardest throw in the infield by anybody all year. His sprint speed when he showed up, fastest sprint speed of anybody in baseball all year. Is he number one on exit velo for the home run? That he hit that I, weekend too. I want to say it, it maybe Otani's like four ninety three might have beat it, but okay. yeah, he's up there. He's up there. So he hits it really hard. He throws it really hard. He runs really fast. And guess what? His brain is really good. This is the entire sequence: the go ahead run, and then what he does on the bases after that. O two again, line beyond the Davis base hit. Friedel scores the Reds' first lead on the bat of Ellie De La Cruz. De La Cruz goes. Pitch called a strike. Throw down on a skip late. Another steal for Ellie De La Cruz. He takes off again. Pitch down and in. Fame throw. There's no chance. Well, Two steals. De La Cruz had already looked a couple of times at Brian Anderson, knowing that if he got a jump, he's going. Not the most interesting man, the most thrilling man. Sean, come on. Votto leading the crowd in an Ellie chant. Dude stole second, then he steals third. If you watched it, there's nobody covering third because they're in sort of a mild shift with the third baseman playing off the line. So he steals third, and then he rounds the base. Have you ever seen anybody round a base on a steal of third? He steals third, realizes there's nobody there, so he rounds the base, and he's staring at the pitcher, Peguero, who turns around as he's walking back to the mound. And that's the moment where Ellie's like, oh, I think I'll just go home. Thank you very much. And he does. Uh, It's not just the speed. It's not just the strength. It is the smarts. He's got that kind of Javi Baez-esque mindset that aggressive flair and some really good instincts so he trusts his instincts and then is really deeply aggressive and does that just freaking outrageous for that guy so it's uh it's one thing to have your players up it's another to have them close the futures game took place last night and a couple of Cubs in there. Pete Crow Armstrong in there. Didn't really do anything of note on the field, but apparently one of the things they were serving at the Futures game was grasshoppers. You can eat grasshoppers, and this is what you get. If you want a Pete Crow Armstrong highlight from the Futures game, it has to be this of him eating a grasshopper in the dugout. I'm looking at their like tails and their backs right now. Why not? Ryan Bliss. You're having second thoughts. Wow. Go for it. And while he enjoys it, I'm going to send it back up to you guys. I'm trying to grasshopper. Uh, I swear. 
Carolina. Let's get the verdict then, Pete. He just ate it after talking it over oh. with his teammates. It's got like the texture of like a like a shell, like a sunflower seed shell, mixed with like a like at first I was like, oh, it's kind of like a, like a pumpkin seed, and then the the aftertaste kind of set in. That's that's terrible. That's we terrible. appreciate the effort. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I hope people say. So Pete Crow Armstrong um, ate a grasshopper. Not it, a fan. It, it, of, of him eating a grasshopper? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of PCA. Yeah. Not a fan of the grasshopper. You're not a fan? No. Okay. Are you a fan of him eating the grasshopper? How do you feel about your prospect eating a grasshopper? I mean, he's fearless, right? I mean, that's what we're looking for, huh? <laughs> good stretch. I'll spin anything into a yeah, PCA. Yeah, you will. Account, yeah, you will. Uh, PCA had a good conversation with Ken Griffey Jr. Thought He, he, he thought that was really, really valuable and really enjoyed that. Good for him. That's pretty cool. There was some other stuff that went on there uh, at the All-Star um, festivities uh, last night, including Zach Levine. Do you have Zach Levine? Zach Levine, Bulls player, former high school baseball star, says he would be an MLB outfielder had he not chosen hoops. Sure played like it in the celebrity softball game. Was it first? Zach Levine. a home run in the celebrity softball game. He had to come over from left field to go get it in center field to snag it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whoever was in center field was lollygagging and had a bad read and made a terrible play, and I don't know who it was. Who doesn't say Zach Levine plays defense, huh? <laughs> the defensive fundamentals look pretty good there for Zach, who, by the way, has landed in trade conversations with both the Portland Trailblazers and the Philadelphia 76ers in the last couple of days. But that's for another show entitled Pick and Roll. This is hit and run. We don't we don't do that. That's right. But uh, there is Zach Levine playing playing baseball, or at least playing softball and playing it well. I'm glad that this caller wants to touch on something very strange that happened in the White Sox game yesterday. This is Lucas in Fox River Grove, who's on hit and run with me, Matt Spiegel, this morning on six seventy the score. Hello, Lucas. Hello, good morning, Matt. How you doing? I am wonderful. Thank you. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. Oh, great. Great to talk to you. I wanted to first of all Borrow from your vocabulary a little bit, but uh, you are a freaking treasure, sir, <laughs> and it's an honor to talk to you. Oh, thank you. So <laughs> I, I am very, uh, very excited to talk to you. But, yeah, uh, yesterday's game, um, I was at the Sox game. As disheartening as it was, see them obviously not tip, not do anything to, to get even close to scoring, but that's hmm. obviously been talked about. So, yeah, other than that, uh, late innings, the Gallegos came on, and the umpire several times, actually two times, I believe, asked him to wipe something off or actually kind of, it seems like he kind of bathed him <laughs> with the towel <laughs> borrowing from the socks from the Sox, uh, bullpen, and uh, he was wiping some off. I don't know if it was extra resin or some sort of sticky stuff, and I'm like, just toss him. I had a great view of it. I'm like, just toss him if it's illegal. Wow. Did you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, this, so the sticky stuff legislation 
now apparently includes the opportunity to towel off a pitcher's arm. And, and this is what happened, is that Giovanni Gallegos, who should know better, is still trying to do something that everybody's been doing now for years, which is use the rosin bag to combine with the sweat and the sunscreen on his arm to create a free version of sticky stuff. This is what has been going on for a long time. Bullfrog sunscreen, sprayable. Pitchers would spray it on their arm. They would sweat, and that sunscreen and the sweat combined with the rosin is what can give you a legal sticky advantage. Okay? And baseball wants this stopped. And I understand why they want this stopped. Because, remember, what are all these rules about this year? The rules are about changing the balance of power between the hitter and the pitcher. Because it has gotten out of control. Pitchers are so good. Relievers are so good. Stuff is so so filthy. So continuously high 90s heat vicious breaking balls where you barely stand a chance and they want more offense in the game. They want the balance of power evened out a little bit. So you try to remove the spider tack and you try to remove some of the other stuff. But sunscreen and rosin and sweat is still technically legal. Because what, are you going to tell a guy he can't use sunscreen? They don't. So here's the deal, though. You're not allowed to hit your arm with the rosin bag. Gallegos did it at the beginning of the inning. The umpire saw it, so he went out there and had him wipe down his arms to take the rosin off. Then later in the inning, after there were two outs, he picked up the rosin bag, which is totally legal, hit his arm once again with the rosin bag, perhaps out of habit. Umpire goes out there again, makes him wipe down the arms again. So that's what happened. And while you do want this stopped, so there is more offense, the pitchers and the union will fight you on it because they want to use something. They need to use something. Because if you don't, then it throws off what they've been doing at this point for their entire lives. When Tyler Glass now of the Tampa Bay Rays in July of 2021 tore his UCL and strained his flexor, He said flat out, I'm sore in places that I didn't even know I had muscles in. I felt completely different. It's because I switched my fastball grip and my curveball grip, and I've thrown it the same way for however many years I've played baseball. I just threw 80-something innings last year. Now you told me I can't use any sticky stuff in the middle of the year. I have to change everything I've been doing the entire season, everything out the window. I had to start doing something completely new. I'm telling you, I truly believe that's why I got hurt. So, look, you ban sticky stuff entirely. Pitchers do believe they will get hurt more often. Maybe they will because they have to change what they've been doing. But there's an issue here, and baseball is awkwardly trying to police itself. And that toweling off of a relief pitcher in the middle of the game is technically legal. It is technically part of the umpire's arsenal to try and police the game. And at this point, it is up to individual umpires how aggressive they're going to be in policing the game. And that's just stupid. That's just stupid. So Rob Manfred and the powers that be need to find a way to make it a little bit more uniform. This is why they're experimenting with balls that come pre-sticky 
in some of the levels of minor leagues, independent league, they have like the ball that is a little bit more tacky. So maybe they can outlaw everything and just say, we went ahead and we made the ball more tacky for you so you can grab it. But that's not really working either. So baseball's in a weird spot, and that's what it sounds like. 670, the score is where you are. Texture says, excuse me, is this a Cincinnati Reds station? No, it is not. But, uh, yeah, I'm very high on the Reds. We're just excited, man. I- I'm just excited. Good I like baseball. I like good, fun baseball teams. And, but if you want to look at it from the perspective of the Cubs and say it's troubling that their timeline is right here right now, we can do that as well. But not a Red station. It is, though, a baseball show. Um, getting back to the Cubs, I found myself sitting somewhere last evening looking at a blank block of enormous black marble. And I wondered what's going to go there very, very soon. We will discuss next on Hit and Run here on 670 The Score. Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Hit the double or triple. In a left center field and deep. This is a tie ball game. Dating producer of baseball, Harry Coyle. 1-1 pitch. June 23rd, 1984, the Sandberg game. A, uh, an absolutely legendary ball game in the history of the Cubs franchise, in the history of the game of the week, as that Sandberg, or uh, Bob Costas and Tony Kubek there on the call. And, uh, you know, the signature moment for Ryan Sandberg, who is next to get a statue. So last night... Um, the wife and I, on our way back from the Square Roots Festival up in Lincoln Square, what a great time there. Saw my buddy Jason Narducci's band split single. Saw a little bit of John Lankford and Sally Timms. Wish I could have stuck around for Super Chunk. Had to come home. But on the way, decided not to go home. So there, I'm outed as ha- having had to go home. But we're looking for a place to pay- play bags or cornhole outside. Want to find a bar on a beautiful day. Instead, we're on Clark Street, and we look over at Gallagher Way, and there's a free event going on. Ended up being like a DJ teaching line dancing, which I watched my wife do. Very entertaining. You'd want to jump in yourself? Nah, let her take care of that. Yeah, that's smart. I, I might have jumped in. It's possible. The bars were open. I don't know if hey, I mentioned man. that. You know, well, you know. enjoying yourself. It's a Saturday. It's a nice day. It's a gorgeous day. I'm sitting there, and I'm looking over at the statues. Um, right there on Gallagher Way, and I'm calling up the picture right now here um, on my phone because you're looking over and you're like, oh, yeah, there's that big, blank, large block of black marble awaiting a Ryan Sandberg statue on top of it. All the way left is Fergie Jenkins in the middle of his windup about to deliver a pitch. Ernie Banks, which was first, standing at the plate, in a stance, bat vertically aligned with his body in front and on the right shoulder. Then there is sweet swinging Billy Williams in the follow through, the bat in his right hand, the lefty Billy looking at what is undoubtedly a line drive into the gap. And then there's Ron Santo on one foot. With the glove on the left hand and the arm back about to deliver a throw across the diamond. What is Ryan Sandberg going to have on the big 
large, empty slab. Danny Parkins and I had a chance to ask him exactly that at the Harry Carey's Toast event a couple of months ago. You're getting a statue. Are you excited about this? Do you have input on what the statue is going to look like? Yeah, early in the process of, uh, of looking at the different poses, different pictures. Uh, I've seen about 200 poses, uh, photographs that they'll actually go by. So really trying to nail down the year. Would like to get an actual photograph. Um, still torn between offense and defense, but uh, get one from 84. And, and what the uniforms look like, which were the old pullovers, no button downs. Oh, nice. And, and this, uh, I've met with the uh, sculpturist, so he'll take it right down to the last lace on a glove and duplicate that. So if there, if, I'm still working on that, but I'll, I'll find one that'll have a, a certain um, uh, three-quarter sleeves that I cut with scissors that have little jags on there. That'll all be duplicated, and the wow. socks and the shoes and the Nike shoes and all that. It'll be all down to a T, so it's it's unbelievable process. Uh, we uh, and I just got word that we need to get kind of get that done by the end of April, and then takes them a whole year to build it. Okay, so it'll be next season. Will be the unveiling. Two thousand twenty-four. Okay, and so are you? Where are you leaning? You leaning offense or defense? I got. I, I gotta. I gotta keep that a secret right now because I don't know. Um, for me, as a player from the minor leagues on, I was about separating offense from defense. When it was time to work on defense. I uh, worked on defense. When it was time to work on offense, I did that. And went, and every time I took the field, I tried to leave my at-bats in the dugout and go out and play defense. So I was all about both. So I really don't know to this point. It's crazy, man, because when I think about the statues that are there, obviously you get a pitcher, he's pitching. You get Billy Williams, you're doing the sweet swing of Billy Williams. When I think about Sandberg, you once went 123 games in a row without an error which was a record at the time for second base. You're one of three players ever to have 40 homer season and a 50 steal season. Brady Anderson, Barry Bonds, Ryan Sandberg. That's it. So, I mean, that, that's crazy. So it could be you running the bases. You know it could what? be any facet of your career. It's funny that you say that. A friend of mine, when I told him that I was torn, this was about two months ago, he, he mocked up a thing on a computer and sent it to my phone. It was a perfect statue with an offense, with me playing, uh, at a, swinging the bat with a home run swing. Yeah. And then uh, somehow had another statue right there connected at the base going up, uh, make a, a defensive position, making a play. And then I, I said, you know, I said, LOL, that's funny. You know, two statues, that's not going to fly. Yeah. And then I wrote back, well, what about my base running and base stealing? <laughs> Within two minutes, he sends one back with one, right in the middle of me stealing a base. So there's three three figures on one on one statue thing. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Um, I'd like to do what the fans uh, would, would like to see. It's, it's more for the fans. and uh, We could poll. We should poll. We should we, poll. We could, we could poll the audience if you want. I we'll kind of like three rhinos on a statue. It's a little scary. I, I could, <laughs> how do you think Mr. Ricketts would feel about that? <laughs> Tom, I'd actually like you to commission three statues for me. You know what's real unique is the <laughs> fact that the other other five, got, start with Harry Carey and Ernie Banks, Billy Williams, Ron Sano, Fergie Jenkins, they were all a part of my career. In one way or the other, Ernie, mm. Ernie Banks was there at opening days. He would he'd be at Dodger Stadium. I saw him five, six times a year, maybe more in spring training. Harry Carey, obviously, 162 games. He didn't miss one of my games. Uh, Billy Williams, early, uh, early hitting coach for me. Wow. Sure. Uh, Fergie Jenkins, teammate for two years, 82 and 83. And Ron Santo uh, broadcasting the radio. Uh, and he was around doing interviews with me. So, uh, 
you know, I was around those guys. So that, that's pretty cool to join that group. Ryan Sandberg talking about the group of statues that he will be joining. Um, I like the idea of him on defense, but you're going to be right next to Santo, who's also playing defense. I'm sure this decision has been made, but I found myself sitting there and wondering exactly what it should be. Um, defense with the flip down shades. You know, if, if, if the sculpturist can go ahead and do that, add the flip down shades and like just kind of in a ready position. Uh, but we will see. Coming up later today, it'll be the Cubs and the Yankees uh, at Yankees Stadium. First pitch will be at 1235. That means we've got pregame for you here at about 1155 or so. Uh, Kyle Hendricks at Yankees Stadium against Domingo Germán, um, who threw the perfect game about three starts ago. Um, it'll be the White Sox and the Cardinals at 110. It'll be Steven Matz against Lucas Giolito in his final start before the All-Star break. Um, a texter earlier in the show, as he texted this Reds radio station, um, said that Lucas Giolito would be a nice fit for the Reds. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. Um, yeah, it would be. But as a rental, I don't know if they want to give up all those, um, all those prospects. Uh, keep it here for all your Cincinnati Reds information. Here on Hit and Run on 670, the score. The, the former Cincinnati Reds, uh, the former Chicago White Sox assistant general manager and the current uh, chief operating officer of the Field of Dreams site, Dan Evans, will join us in town for the Sabre seminar over there at the Palmer House. He'll join us next on Hit and Run here on The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.